welcome to the First Lutheran Church located at 512 South Kale Avenue in Miles City with pastoral services provided by Pastor Steve Rice. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the fifth chapter. Luke writes, Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Uh, Well, thank everybody. During my... Uh, Noel and I, we took a, a week, and most of a week anyway, went to Portland to visit uh, our son Jonathan there, and on the way, on the way out to see Emily, and on the way back to see Sarah in Anaconda and Missoula, respectively. So I thank everyone for uh, uh, filling uh, uh, the time we were gone with good things, uh, leading worship here last week. And as I was preparing for uh, this Sunday, Uh, I think I've come to the conclusion that Luke is my favorite of the four Gospels, okay? Uh, I've always kind of suspected it, but after looking at what we're going to consider together today, the surprise that Luke afforded me this week, yeah, I think he's my favorite. Now, we know Luke wrote not just the Gospel that bears his name, but also the book of the Acts of the Apostles, often simply referred to as Acts. And we know that the church celebrates the birth of the church, so-called birth of the church, uh, at 
at Pentecost, right? The second chapter of Acts, the giving, coming of the Holy Spirit. And yet, as I prepared for this Sunday, I saw Luke up to something. I saw Luke uh, seeing what Jesus was doing well in advance of the announcement of the birth of the church in Acts. Luke shares with us Jesus's plan before the plan is made clear to all. I want to, I want to touch on that with you in a few minutes, but again, Luke, I love Christmas. Many of you know it's my favorite time of the year. Uh, Christmas story, we're not for Luke. We have no Christmas story. And then we cover those early days of Jesus' earthly life to jump ahead uh, to that, uh, that small episode at age 12 where he's left behind in the temple. To the great consternation of Mary and Joseph, did you not know I'd have to be in my father's house? And then Jesus, there's this gap in his life, uh, his life history, and we encounter then again John the Baptist and Jesus's baptism in the Jordan, uh, followed by his temptation in the wilderness. Those words of Satan, if you are the son of God, Turn these stones into bread. Throw yourself from the pinnacle. Right? The testing of Jesus. And following those 40 days of testing, the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And those opening days of his ministry were pretty frenetic, Luke tells us. Busy, busy. And the more he did, the more there seemed to be to be done. And so today's reading from Luke's gospel begins with Luke... Um, serving as narrator to what is happening. Remember, his gospel is not based on eyewitness himself, but rather by a careful examination uh, and uh, investigation, uh, as Luke puts it, uh, from those who were eyewitnesses. And so Luke prepares for us his story of the life of Jesus Christ, the life of the early church, and today he's serving as narrator. And he begins by saying, once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake, he's narrating the story himself, and he recounted not only the miracle we have present here, uh, but placed that early miracle on the heels of a remarkably busy period in the opening days of Jesus' public ministry. The days before had seen many miraculous acts. Okay, many miracles accomplished. And yet, Luke told us in the fourth chapter that in spite of that, the needs of God's people only grew. They were insatiable. And Jesus, wearing himself out, crowds pressed in upon Jesus such that he took up refuge in a, an isolated place only to be discovered, and the crowds keep pushing and pushing, and he tries and tries to meet their needs, but they're overwhelming. And he finally finds himself along the Sea of Galilee, still followed by people, and he takes up place in one of the two fishing boats that are mentioned in the Gospel lessons. So we're in the Gospel lesson now. And it became apparent that Jesus was 
but one and the needs of God's people many interestingly this is an aside again just before today's reading we are told that Jesus was declared for the very first time in scripture son of God you are the son of God curiously enough by the very demons that he was casting out he cast them out uh This is particularly interesting if one recalls that earlier in Luke's gospel, Satan had taunted Jesus with that same title, right? During the temptation, if you are the son of God, uh, turn these stones into bread. And now, as he's casting out demons, what do they do? Luke writes that Jesus would not let them speak anymore because they knew he was the Christ. So as he casts them out, they declare him the son of God, and he silences them because they knew he was the Christ. It was Jesus' adversary then who first recognized him as, quoting Luke, the people sought Jesus and came to him. It would have kept him from leaving them. But Jesus said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom to other towns. And so he went on his way, and the crowds followed him, and they pursued him, and he became more known and better known and so we are told that Jesus pressed ever deeper into Judea preaching and performing many miracles as he went until today's gospel lesson he arrives at the shore of the Sea of Galilee and there in order to be better heard Jesus takes place takes took up a place in a fishing boat just offshore so that he could speak to those who lined the shore to listen to him and from that little boat and in that little boat a fateful encounter took place for some stunningly ordinary men fishermen specifically but I believe now I see in this the seed for the church I see for this the seed for what is brought to fruition later in Luke's second volume, Acts, in the second chapter at Pentecost. Okay? On that day, uh, Jesus stood between the pressing crowds, representing a challenge of, the challenge of meeting so many needs in this world, and a handful of spiritual men in a boat. A great opportunity, though, for those men lie just beyond, just beyond where they were. On one hand stood souls hungry to be fed, crying out to be healed, loving their God but feeling increasingly forlorn. On the other hand, men laboring in a boat upon familiar waters. At day's end, they were mending their nets. And all the while, we know, beneath the waves, gathered a great shoal of fish, They were there, but unseen by the fishermen. Jesus got into one of those boats, perhaps thinking to himself, yes, this is perfect. This is what I will do. I can't help but wonder if the fish that awaited Peter's net and the crowds that pressed in on Jesus were in fact metaphors for one another. Did Jesus see in Peter, James, and John the means by which he would send his gospel and the good news of the kingdom to the whole awaiting world? And I think the answer to that question comes by what Jesus did next. After addressing the crowd, Peter says to Simon, or Jesus says to Simon, put out into the deep water 
for a catch. Now it was Peter, take note of that please, it was Peter who spoke first. Deferentially. He says, Master, um, we've been working all night and haven't caught anything. But if you say so, I will let down the nets. And so putting out into the deep water, Peter drops the nets. Was Peter's willingness out of respect for the rabbi? Was Peter's willingness perhaps the first blush of faith? <laughs> Jesus saw it too. Was it the first blush of faith among men whose names we've come to know so well? I don't know the answer to that. But I do know the result of Peter's obedience. The reward, the consequence for the fishermen turned into a great catch of fish, so much so that the exact number is not even told because Luke explained it quickly went beyond counting. The catch overwhelmed the nets and then the boats and that overwhelmed Peter. And in a sudden flash of insight, Peter, again it was noticed as Peter, saw the meaning beyond the miracle. He saw the meaning beyond the great catch of fish. He saw through the portal. He saw through the window. He saw what was actually there. Such a thing had never happened or been heard of before because these men knew the Sea of Galilee well. They knew their trade. These men knew their trade and to Peter there could be but one conclusion for what he had experienced. Such a catch of fish was not a matter of good fortune, but in fact a manifestation, an epiphany, a manifestation, the hand of God, more precisely the man of God who stood in his boat. Could the rabbi Jesus, of whom they'd heard so much, indeed be the Holy One the Messiah only time could tell even the possibility of such a thing though cowered the big fisherman frightened him in a way that no man could have frightened him for from Peter's mouth pour forth these words, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Flashing through Peter's mind, you can imagine every one of the uh, infractions of God's law he knew he was guilty of. Peter cried out, Go away from me. I am not worthy to be so near to that which is so close to God for he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish Luke writes that they had taken and so were James and John the sons of Zebedee these three to form the inner circle Peter James and John those with Jesus at the most poignant moments of the rest of his life and then Jesus and here I envision a, a bit of paternal uh, um, humor and, and satisfaction 
Then Jesus, Luke writes, said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. You will be fishing for men. And it appears that Jesus was putting a specific vision and plan of salvation into effect. Jesus there perhaps conceived the idea of the church. I'll build a church. Jesus would establish the church. Jesus would equip that church with men and women who would and could expand and extend what he himself was doing. That is, Jesus would use the very unlikely means of these few ordinary men to accomplish God's great plan, God's will toward the salvation of the world. In his name, they would feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit the sick and the imprisoned. They would become the sheep of God's own fold. While Jesus would eternally remain the focal point and the source for his church, he would, over the course of the next three years, call, equip, and employ disciples in a way that a, that a skilled farmer employs the good seed as the means to grow a crop. From these few fishermen, Jesus would empower apostles. They would go from being disciples, those who are taught, to apostles, those who are sent. They would sow and harvest and then re-sow as the church. The few would become a field. The field become a farm. The farm become the region of God's people, Israel. Israel would become the whole of the Mediterranean world, and the Mediterranean world would become the Roman Empire, and the Roman Empire would vanish and fade away, but not the church. The church would translate that gospel that they had received into the languages of all people, into the world itself in which we live. Now, make no mistake, there would be weeds within the field. There proved to be weeds among the disciples themselves, didn't there? And sometimes along the way, the harvest would be, would be small. But I think that Luke is telling us here that in this epiphany moment, Jesus saw as he stood along the rocky shoreline that over time, his church would take his gospel to the whole world, that the potential for an enormous catch was there, even as he said, put down your net. And they caught so many. Jesus knew that his gospel would be proclaimed and God's kingdom made known even after he was no longer upon this earth. Wherever people wherever people gathered in his name around word and sacraments there would be his church Martin Luther 16 centuries later and they wrote it so well in the Augsburg Confession asserted this very belief with stunning confidence what is the church the church is that place 
where the gospel is proclaimed and the sacraments rightly administered. When the time was right, when the time was right, Peter would be given also, notice again it's Peter, when the time was right, Peter would be given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And as Jesus put it, having those keys, not the gates of hell, could prevail against it. This is what I am coming to think Jesus saw as he stood between the pressing crowd and the great catch now in the hands of these new fishermen, these new kind of fishermen, his disciples, his church. That day when he said to them, from now on, you will be fishing for men and women. Now, 20 centuries later, you and I are heirs to that miracle. We own that miracle. Because we're heirs to the miracle. We are the ones who gather around word and sacrament. We are gathered together in this little boat. We are gathered together in this little boat and we gather around word and sacrament. We are gathered with an enormous catch just beyond our net. Okay? For while it began in Galilee 20 centuries ago, the story goes on and on and on. For the mission and the ministry of Christ's church is happening even today, even in Miles City. And although the news media took little notice of it, preferring to wallow in the latest scandal over the past week, Pope Francis, I tell you, celebrated a Christian mass on the Arabian Peninsula for the first time in history. (laughs) The church was created, called, and equipped for the purpose of mission and ministry. And so let it be as we worship our God today. God grant us the grace to, like Peter, let down our nets, put out our nets for a catch, fishing for men, fishing for women, fishing for children in the here and now, in the here and now, and giving God the glory. I think this is the meaning behind the miracle of the great catch that took place there uh, in the Sea of Galilee. As Jesus began his ministry, remember we're still very early in Jesus' ministry as Luke tells it to us. And as he looked upon the multitude, I think he asked the question, Father, how is it you would have me do this? There are so many. I think the Father whispered in the Son's ear, the church build the church they will be your body when you have returned to me son that for which I sent you 
will go on and on and on. This, I think, the meaning behind the miracle of the great catch that took place as Jesus began to call and gather his disciples, his church, that fateful day when he first met Peter, James, and John. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this production of the First Lutheran Church. We welcome you to visit us in person at 512 Kale Avenue. You can also find us on Facebook at First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana, and email us at flc at midrivers.com.